0: If you are currently wanting to get personalized advice to support you with your nutrition and hormones, the best place to start is for you to book in a complimentary consultation. In this 15-minute consultation, we will discuss your current health goals, what you can expect from consultations, and we cover any questions that you may have. If you're happy to go ahead, we book in a time for your initial consultation. But equally, if you need a little time to think about it, that is perfectly okay too. To book in a complimentary consultation, simply head over to selenedouglas.com forward slash links and navigate to the book section. Alternatively, you will also find the booking link in the show notes on this episode. We hope to meet you very soon. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Holistic Health Chats. I apologize at the start of the recording, but I just need to apologize again for some unknown reason. My microphone has decided not to work today among other tech issues I've had this morning. Love that on a Monday. Uh, So just bear with me in this episode. It might not be the best quality because I'm using my Apple uh, headphones and microphone. Hopefully I'll have it fixed by next episode. So, this week I'm back with Danielle, and we are covering the most common problems that we are seeing both within the supplement industry itself and then within our clients who are coming to us that have self prescribed um, an array of different supplements. In this episode, we're going to be covering a huge range of different things, but some of the specifics are when Vitex or Chase Tree is and isn't suitable for hormone imbalances. We're covering things to be aware of with iodine-containing supplements, the individuality of varying forms. So as an example, we can have magnesium citrate and we can have magnesium glycinate. And depending on your individual health circumstances, um, one of these is going to be more suitable than the other. One of them might cause adverse reactions. So we're going to be covering the individuality of different supplements. and, And as it pertains to you, we're covering the problems with generic labeling, such as hormone balance. Um, and when withania. Or ashwagandha might be problematic for you. And also a personal story about a reaction that I had years and years ago to methylated B vitamins. And this is not a unique reaction. This can happen in lots of people if not applied correctly. So we're going to be covering the problems with methylated B vitamins and how they can make you worse, even if you have an MTHFR SNP. So without further ado, let's jump into this episode. Hey, Danielle, and welcome back to the show. Hey, Solanne. Thanks so much for having me back again. I know. So good, as always. Um, Today, we're going to be covering a sort of general education topic around supplements um, and the issues that we are seeing in clinic um, when clients are coming to us, because obviously we do a bit of an overhaul if you are taking anything Um, beforehand. So we're going to go through some of the key problems that we see and just even more broadly, I guess, in the health sphere um, with some of the issues around like labeling, dosages, quality, all of that kind of thing. And just before we do get started, a um, bit of a sorry in advance if this doesn't sound amazing today, because for some reason my microphone has decided not to work, but as the saying goes, the show must go on. So we'll keep going anyway. Um, but hopefully next week it will be sounding a little bit better in case this sounds like I'm in, I don't know, a really loud space or something.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> let's hope it turns out okay. So. Yes,
0: for sure. Cool. So um, let's just start, I guess, a bit of a general overview of some of the key issues that we're seeing. And I think the best place to start is um, would be maybe around like the labeling and safety side of um, of ing- of ingredients or products and some of the key issues we're seeing there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the biggest things that we're seeing insulin, um, when people come to us in clinic is that in the world that we live in, our, um, the availability of supplements to us now, whether that's through online, through practitioners, when we go to the supermarket, whatever that is, there's so many different supplements out there. Um, and so self-prescribing is just, uh, it's just the norm now. So um, and at the end of the day, there's some really, um, really great companies out there doing great things. And they're, you know, in terms of what they're listing on their supplements, the information they're providing to the consumer, all of those sorts of things, they're they're doing a really good job at that. But then for the most part, there's a lot of sort of grey areas. And I think we'd probably agree that in the supplement industry, there's a lot of grey areas with that. Um, One of the biggest things I think that I see with clients is just in terms of the safety relative to them as an individual. So what I say there is, for example, if someone had a particular condition so we could say someone has a thyroid condition for example and they may be taking thyroid medication but then they go and uh self-prescribe a certain supplement which they think is actually going to help them in a certain way you know whether that be something for stress nervous system whatever that might be um but then there is going to be a potential interaction between that supplement and their medication and Mm -hmm. the condition that's where i think safety is a really big one and at the end of the day a lot of those supplements out on the market aren't going to really tell us about all of the potential interactions at play
0: um yeah for sure because i mean those companies um in their defense i guess they um they don't know you as an individual and they don't know your health circumstances or anything like that so um i'm just going to give like follow on I guess from the example you gave is say someone with thyroid issues if they start um, sort of doing a bit of research online and looking into their conditions one of the key uh, air quote like root causes which is going to pop up is adrenal dysfunction chronic stress um, and this kind of thing and so what you do then is go well. Great, like I know that now, that does fit with I guess the what I've experienced in the last few years. I can definitely identify with some of those signs and symptoms and just how my life sort of played out. Um, and now I'm going to go away and look at how I can fix that. And hopefully, you're introducing some lifestyle strategies as well. But if you do choose to, you know, introduce say a supplement. One of the key ingredients that we tend to see in those supplements is withania or ashwagandha, which don't get me wrong can be absolutely amazing um, in the you know the appropriate dosages for the right person and all of that kind of thing. Um, but what we do know about ashwagandha or withania with thyroid function is that it can increase your output of T4, and so that is thyroxine. So if you were had you know hypothyroidism Hashimoto's and are also taking um, thyroxine. And hopefully it's well controlled. Then that could be something that, whilst it might improve your T4 production, um, it might actually cause like a hyper hyperthyroidism um, picture, which can definitely happen. Um, so we've seen that for sure happen before. So it's not to say, I guess, in that particular instance, that's that 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 um, company is necessarily like doing anything wrong per se. It's just that it's not taking into consideration your individual circumstances. Um, and I guess there's a lot that we as practitioners are taking into account when we are looking at what's most appropriate for you.
1: Um, I agree. It's, it's something as well that I think a lot of the supplements that people are self-prescribing, um, are also self-prescribing for, um, potentially longer periods of time than they should be used as well. So that's another thing we see from a safety perspective too, Selen, is in terms of, okay, this may be a supplement that you may only need to take for a short-term period of time or intermittently, um, and yet you could be on this supplement for, you know, 6, 12 months, even longer, mm-hmm. and that could be having impacts in other areas as well.
0: Yep, yeah, definitely. Um, and then I guess another issue um, I think I have around the the labelling side of things is like we see these really generic um, supplements for like hormone support. And we did touch on this last week, but like hormone balance, hormone support, or like calm your nervous system or whatever. And honestly, sometimes when you look at the ingredients, it feels like they've just thrown in like every possible ingredient to that's ever been shown to say, like, support your hormones. And they're kind of just like, we hope for the best. Um, or that's kind of how I look at it. And I see that a lot in your like menopause support supplements. Um, Arguably still some of your adrenal support ones as well. And I'm going to say that this is more common in your over-the-counter products that you can get access to without a practitioner. Not always, but more often the products that we have access to, like for brand names sake, you know, Metagenics, your um, Orthoplex, Mediherb, all those sorts of things tend to be a lot more refined in the ingredients that they're including and therefore the targeted effect of that particular supplement. Whereas what we find in your ones that you can get in, you know, your health and beauty store or your um, online or wherever that it's kind of just like everything but the kitchen sink is in there and we're just going to hope for the best. Would you agree?
1: I would so agree on that. And I think that's the thing, what I look at When we're looking at, yes, practitioner-only supplements, and to be honest, that's actually, um, you know, it's thrown around a lot in terms of saying practitioner-only supplements and that they're always going to be better quality. And and you and I would agree, Selen, that's not always Mm -hmm. the case and we can really accept that. But for the most part, the thing that I look at with practitioner-only supplements is they're intended for therapeutic purposes. And Mm -hmm. so with that is an increase in terms of, bioavailability Mm -hmm. in the body so in terms of whatever nutrient that is or mineral or herb or whatever that looks like that has been put in that supplement at a certain dosage for an intended reason basically so that's where we see more of that therapeutic application whereas like you said if we're walking into you know even woolies and we're picking up something from you know the shelf they are um is that really going to be doing anything when we take it? I guess yes, that's the question. for yeah.
0: sure. And the other thing we we um, spoke about off air is just with those supplements that have so many ingredients in there, going off what you just said, like it, they can't possibly then be including the correct dosages of certain things, right, because there's only so much you can pick put in physically to like a teaspoon of a powder or a capsule or a tablet or whatever, there's there's really only so much of an ingredient that can actually physically get in there. Um, and so that's why, so a really good example of this would be like, you know, a prenatal, which yes, does tick quite a few boxes, but it cannot possibly tick all the boxes. And that's why, so when we're working with a client and we're getting their blood test results, back and you know they have a zinc deficiency for example yes their prenatal has zinc in it but because of everything else that's in it there's just no way that we can actually get enough zinc in there to correct something like that so that's the other important thing i guess to understand because i get that a lot when i look at someone's blood test results we see a deficiency and they're like oh but i'm taking blah 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 i've been taking this for six months or whatever and then you look at the dosage and you're like honestly that's just so dismal it's it's not going to do anything
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think on the flip side too, which is such a good point, and we see this in both ways, is that mm. depending on how many um, supplements someone has been put mm. on and self-prescribed, they don't even realize how many different forms of, for example, zinc they're taking. Yes. Um, and I've gone through that with with clients and gone, okay, across these, you know, six to ten supplements that you you're taking or have yeah. been taking, you've got five different forms of zinc in there. You yeah. know, and it's and it's either not really essentially doing a job in terms of bioavailability, the form of zinc, it probably is quite a poor form of zinc. It's difficult, Mm. you know, just to assume that. But, you know, I think that's something that we really have to consider in terms of with this self-prescribing, are we getting enough or are we actually getting too much of something and where where do we find the mid-ground?
0: For Mm. sure. And the one that we see really, really commonly where people are getting too much, which we've spoken about, is iodine. Um, And I just really want everyone to sort of take this point away and go and talk to your friends about it and that kind of thing because um, we are seeing availability of a lot more um, superfoods and things like that, you know, things you can add to your smoothies um, and often we don't look at that As a supplement per se, or as you know, having high enough of a certain nutrient that it can um, be have this really like additive effect. But definitely that's something we need to be aware of with iodine because there are a lot of superfood sort of supplements available on the market. Um, And A, if you have any kind of thyroid issues anyway, it's just something you need to be aware of, but super important for any of our like preconception. Um, ladies, um, or you know, pregnancy or postpartum is just knowing that your prenatal already contains um, a full dose of iodine. So you just need to be conscious of where else you might be getting it if you're taking any other supplements. Um, we won't obviously mention brand names, but one that we've seen really, really commonly in clinic for the last. Um, few years even is a particular supplement that's for hair and energy. Is that correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it had just two nutrients in it. One being um, a full therapeutic dose of iodine. And I can't tell you the amount of times I've seen that being prescribed or self-prescribed usually with a prenatal. If your hair is falling out and you take that, the only way it's going to work is if you're iodine deficient. And if you're already taking a prenatal, especially been taking it for a few months you probably don't have an iodine deficiency just because of how high a dose um those are so just be really aware of that um people probably know which brand we're talking about but we won't mention it um and uh yeah and the other thing just you know with that kind of thing is just being aware of what you're taking like that particular supplement only had i think zinc and iodine in it and for the price point of it was was quite high as well quite high. Mm-hmm. um so yeah just knowing what you're taking knowing how much of what you're taking because um most of your other nutrients um are i would say like less risky when taking too much of it but yes. iodine is definitely one we want to be conscious of um and that's the other thing i guess with those kind of generic things that we see as well around like pcos you know take zinc for your androgen excess or whatever we'll yeah, that will work if you're zinc deficient, but if you're really zinc replete, that's probably not an appropriate strategy for you, right? So mm-hmm. um, we just need to be understanding that, that there's it's not so black and white and it, it's a lot more grey, I guess, um, than we think. And then just before we veer away from the topic of the prenatals, um, the other thing I just want to mention is this is even more um, applicable if you're someone that has been trying to conceive for quite some time, because if you've prenatals are essentially designed that you take them for about three months prior to trying to conceive and then um at least continue on it during t1 um i and and i guess we take the approach that it's a case by case basis as to whether you then continue on it through pregnancy based on sort of what your t1 looked like and you know whether you were vomiting all through it and you know eating dry crackers or whatever um we take that into consideration with our recommendations there but with um your prenatals if you have been taking it for 1 2 plus years then it's even more relevant to you because you probably do have fairly high iodine levels. So um, that's just something to be conscious of. And that is the beauty of testing and why we recommend it.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And I think that's the thing. What we're coming back to is, is it's so important, even if it seems like it's a simple nutrient. So it might be put out there as it's just a bit of zinc, or it's just a bit of iodine, or, you know, which is how it's often sold. And often, it's really not sold in that way at all. You know, people probably, as you're saying, Celine, taking a certain supplement that's for hair and energy, probably don't even realize there's iodine in there, you know, from an education point of view. So this is where it's so important that we've got to be um, I guess we are educating our clients all the time on certain forms of um, nutrients and supplements and the dosages and all of those sorts of things. Um, and I think as well, you know, just as a general message, if you're unsure of something before purchasing it and taking it, Always check in with if you've got a you know a nutritionist or a healthcare practitioner that you trust mm-hmm. and you and they know your individual case history and where yeah. you're at. Yeah, take it to caveat. them. <laughs> that's the key. That's the key. So take it to them and say, look, I'm thinking of starting this. What What are your thoughts on this?
0: Yeah, definitely. It's so yeah. important. I think it is, um, and we're not just obviously saying this. I guess to you know give ourselves a role or a job in (laughs) this, but it's actually, we just see these mistakes happening all the time. Um, and you know, it can be quite serious. Like with someone taking too much iodine for long periods of time, like we can end up with, um, yeah, some, you know, fairly serious side effects with our thyroid, because obviously that then causes so many different things. Mm -hmm. Um, The herb that we spoke about last week was um, vitex or chase tree. So you see those two terms sort of interchanged. And that I think is, you know, one of our most commonly um, used herbs within these uh, herbal support, herbal balance supplements that we see. Um, And look, I do think it can be, as we said, like incredibly helpful for a lot of people, but it can also be incredibly detrimental for a lot of people. Um, I was recently doing some additional mentoring around this, the use of this particular herb and that practitioner said after her 20, 30, whatever it is in clinic um, working in reproductive health, that it is the herb she's had the most success with. For pregnancies, but equally the herb that she's seen the most damage caused with Mm. as well. So, um, yeah, it's interesting, I guess, that it is included so commonly in these over the counter um, prescriptions. And I guess where it is, uh, it needs to be used with caution or can even be contraindicated would be cases of androgen excess or um, even. estrogen dominant sort of pictures i know everyone's not a fan of that term but for lack of a better term it's something that we do resonate with so say like your endometriosis heavy bleeding that kind of thing it does need to be cautioned with what are your thoughts around it danielle around
1: vitex yeah Um, yeah it's it's one that i i've I must admit, too, I've um, I've gone on a bit of a journey with it as well as a practitioner, you know, in terms of even five years ago, six years ago when I was first starting out, it was one that was – um so often used in so many prescriptions just as a general like okay if there's yeah. potential um if there's potential hormonal imbalance if there's you know uh, a cause for wanting to improve progesterone support ovulation then just give vitex um and I started to see clients respond uh negatively to mm. that and when you start to see that you kind of then start to question it yourself mm. and then even personally I must admit I've gone through stages of using it for myself myself um so and and there's been times where it's I think it's had you know maybe a benefit mm. and there's been other times depending on where I was at that it absolutely wasn't the best thing for me and I noticed um symptom mm. changes as a result of that so it's one that I use with caution and yeah. recommend with caution with
0: yep. with my clients now yeah for sure and I think um yeah the dosage is one thing but then the I think with that particular herb, what, what's spoken about a lot is its role in kind of like the, um, the HPO axis and supporting progesterone levels. But you don't often see people talking about the fact that it's also quite estrogenic as well. Yes. Um, and that can be a real problem in clients who have you know, do need that bit of progesterone support, but then also have these real estrogen issues, whether it's any a true estrogen excess or a, an issue with, you know, estrogen recycling or detox or something like that. Exactly. Um, and so I guess to give a specific example around this, one of the symptoms that we might see associated with low progesterone would be heavy periods. Mm-hmm. Um So if we weren't doing testing and we were just kind of going, okay, this person in front of us has heavy periods, it's obviously a low progesterone issue, um, and then we're putting them on something like Vitex, but they have high estrogen, maybe low progesterone, or maybe their progesterone's fine, and they actually just have high estrogen, we're probably going to make them worse. Um, and that is a real problem for sure. So mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. that's where testing is really, really important. Um, and then the other area that this is like really contraindicated mm-hmm. with would be like your LH dominant um, clients with PCOS, which is to be with honest, address. yes, mm-hmm. nearly all of them. Exactly. Um, and so, yeah. you know, that can then make acne worse and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess I've just even curiously like Googled it a couple of times just... Out of curiosity to see, because I like to see, okay, well, if my clients are Googling things, like what are they seeing on Google? Yes. And all you find about it is like supports progesterone, supports progesterone, right? Oh, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, just being aware that sometimes the use of these things is more complicated than it seems. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think that wraps
1: that up nicely. And I would say once yeah. again, Vitex, it's just check your, check your label on your supplements because yep. it's often thrown into supplements yeah. that have a number of herbs and nutrients in there. And so you may not even realize you're taking it. That's yes. thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: For sure. And mm-hmm. you know, if ultimately, if you're taking it and you're not getting better after two or one to two three cycles, like it's probably not for you, right? So just exactly. always thinking about that. I always like to um, have a in depth conversation with our clients around, like, you know, almost like assigning the supplements KPIs, right? Because yes, there's literally no point taking something if it's not helping you get better. <laughs> and <laughs> I think I see. I know that sounds really simple. But I just feel like we see really, really often where, you know, an initial client might come to us and we go through their supplements with them. Okay, who prescribed this? How long have you been taking it? And then, you know, do you feel any different from taking it? And a lot of the time, I'm not sure or I don't know. Um, and yes, it's true that some symptoms can be less obvious. Let's just say sometimes. Zinc deficiency, for example, isn't a particularly obvious one as, say, low iron or low B12, and that's where why we do testing, right, to understand exactly. um, whether these things are actually working or not because there is just no point spending your precious money on supplements if they're not mm-hmm. working for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you need to be checking in that, with that fairly frequently. And like you touched on, like, hopefully you don't need to take this big copious list of supplements forever, right? Like it it should be fairly small. I think our goal really with majority of clients, if there's not existing health issues, there is like long-term, we just want you on like a good quality magnesium and hopefully not a lot else. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. Apart from, yeah, if we're doing bloods once a year, then maybe we're just making a couple of tweaks here and there for a short period of time. But like that is, the long-term goal, right? So mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. again, like if you're someone that is, I think, a really, really common example of this would be like I've always had to take an iron supplement. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like mm-hmm. they're like I've mm-hmm. just always had an issue with low iron. yeah like, no probably just never addressed the reason why the you have this cause. low iron absolutely. right absolutely absolutely we see this and all the time yeah mm-hmm. so you've got a leaky mm-hmm. bucket somewhere whether it's issues with yep. absorption yep. um you know your period being too heavy mm-hmm. your iron just being interpreted incorrectly yes. um and so Not you've just form been of iron
1: that you're taking yeah 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 for yeah. um
0: yeah. <laughs> you know taking your ferrograd or or all yep. What I would also say is quite common is like waiting till it gets bad enough every so often and just getting an infusion, right? Yes. Um, so mm-hmm. like, do you actually always have like do have you always had issues with iron or has it just never been addressed correctly?
1: Exactly. So, and are we coming from a reactive state, like, yeah, you're, like you're saying, in terms of let's just get an infusion or let's just go back on a supplement, or are we coming from a preventative state? And that's the other thing I think we yeah. have to look at,
0: yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, there's a lot in there. Um, and then I think the other thing we we're going to talk about is just like a general thing around like the different forms of supplements and, and how that can have such a big impact on absorption and also someone's reaction like magnesium, we were saying is a really common one. Um, yeah. yeah. Do you want to go through that quickly?
1: Yeah. So magnesium, as we're saying, is something that pretty much we should all be taking and probably yeah. long-term. So we want to know that we're taking a, the right form for us. And, uh, you know, even in saying that, I think We look at, okay, in terms of bioavailability and some of the better forms, and one that comes to mind is something like magnesium citrate. So even from practitioner-only supplements, we see that they're in a lot of those formulations, whether they're powdered or capsule, whatever that looks like in saying that though for certain individuals if you're someone who for example from a bowel movement perspective maybe is uh more prone to looser bowel movements or you have had that experience Mm. um, at the moment for whatever reason and then you're throwing in magnesium citrate that actually has been shown magnesium citrate can cause looser bowel movements so that could actually be exacerbating what you have as an individual as an issue in terms of your uh, consistency of your bowel movements. On the flip side, if you're someone who actually is prone to constipation and you're taking magnesium citrate, it could be helpful in terms of regularity. So this is where we see the same form of magnesium having different effects depending on the
0: individuals. For sure. And then that's where I guess like we can use that sort of thing in a really clever way, like say, for example, um, it's really, really common for pregnant women. One of the blessings of being pregnant, I'm just (laughs) being pregnant is obviously a blessing, but like one of the great symptoms that you tend to get is um, constipation. And that's because you get these big surges in progesterone, your entire digestive system is a sort of smooth muscle and progesterone is a muscle relaxant. And so you get basically like slow digestive di- digestive function mm-hmm. um, and that can cause constipation and so in that particular um, client group that's where you know, if one of our clients is pregnant and they're like, Oh my gosh, all of a sudden I can't have a bowel movement every day. We might be looking at, okay, you're on a magnesium glycinate, for example, let's possibly swap you over to a magnesium citrate next time you purchase your supplements, because um, that's actually going to be something that's just going to give you a bit of a helping hand with having a bowel movement daily. So that's where we can, um, I guess we use our knowledge in that way to help personalize things to you. Um so much like yeah, yeah much. I can't even there's so much like there's
1: so it's many things I've thinking about now as well and I think even from a dosage perspective with with magnesium yeah. you know in saying that you know if you're having a certain amount of magnesium in one dose or one sitting that alone can cause potential loose bowel movements and sure. I've had this with clients as well you know like ideally we're looking at more therapeutic dosages so firstly is that magnesium supplement that you're taking that you picked up Are you even getting a really quality dose of magnesium Mm. for you and for its intended purpose? Um, Or are you actually just taking something and it's really not even touching the sides? So what we see is often once magnesium starts to get up to, this is once again individual, but for some people it's that 350 to 400 milligrams of magnesium in one dose, That's the general sort of tolerance point. If you start going over that, you're probably going to have maybe a loose bowel movement.
0: Yes. Yeah, for sure.
1: So splitting Um, the dose. Splitting the dose. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And we see that a lot even, um, I think I saw that a lot through COVID with some of the more like generic protocols around like vitamin C intake would be another really common one where Mm -hmm. it was like some were recommending, I don't know, three to six grams or whatever a day, which is quite a lot. Um, and that for sure is going to cause loose bowel movements. And I had a really, um, this actually wasn't a client of mine, but an interesting um, case around this um, where, again, self-prescribing issues, so not under the care of a practitioner. um, This particular person went away and basically, you know, huge doses of vitamin C for months, um, and they caused a huge amount of... um, inflammation and um, sort of like irritation within their gastric lining yes. um, and had real like honestly she thought that she basically like had cancer from some of her symptoms oh my gosh. and was starting to really freak out around that the doctors initially couldn't work out what it was all these really strange symptoms. Um, lo and behold, she basically yeah, just really, really irritated her gut lining to the point where everything she was eating was vomit. She was vomiting, vomiting it back up. Oh um gosh. and yeah, obviously ceased that supplementation and everything went back to normal. Yeah, everything back to normal. <laughs> so yes, um, you know, following these random protocols you find online, another really common one. In that time period, was like these ten thousand IU doses of vitamin D. I don't know. Mm -hmm, Yeah, saw that mm -hmm. across the board. Which um, I would say I never dose that high on a daily basis, even with clients that have quite significant vitamin D deficiency, um, because it's it's very very high, Um, and. You know, again, it's bio-individual, like vitamin D in that period. Yeah, it's going to help you if you're deficient. But if you live in like far north Queensland and you're in the sun every day um, and then you find this random protocol online and you start taking 10,000 IUs a day, I can tell you that very, very quickly you're going to be, you know, heading, trending towards toxic levels of vitamin D. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. Basically what we're saying is um, whether it's us or someone else that you, if you, are wanting to take supplements. And look, I actually do really love when we have clients come to us that are on different supplements, because I can tell that that shows they really care about their health and they're That's wanting great. the best mm-hmm. for it. So we, you know, when you come to us on like these things that you've self prescribed, we obviously don't judge you in any way. We are like, great. This person obviously really, really cares about their health, which is amazing. Um, let's make it better and more individualized to you
1: that's it and we're just we're really in those moments wanting to get the best out of that supplement regime for our clients and I think you know I explain that to everyone I see it's like okay by either swapping something or taking something out for a period of time or adding something in we're doing it for your best interest in terms of your health that's why we're doing it there's no there's zero judgment I mean I've self-prescribed enough
0: (laughs) oh gosh yeah yeah
1: we've all done it so there's no judgment but it's really about maximizing what you're getting from the supplements and making sure that there there aren't any sort of safety concerns at all within that
0: yeah yeah the very last one I just thought of as we were wrapping up because this actually happened to me when I was at uni and I was seeing another practitioner and I was like you know obviously I used to um fun fact like dabble with seeing different practitioners while I was at uni just because I liked to see how different people practiced and kind of what their approach was um and I don't know if anyone else did that or if that's just me and I'm (laughs) weird but I used to do that um and anyway I worked with this practitioner and I did um MTHFR gene testing and it was very like um obviously still Um, has a great place, but I think it was like very vogue at the time. So like everyone was doing it and I went away and lo and behold, I did have the C677T gene, um, Mm -hmm. which was um, heterozygous, So um, only one gene copy. Um, And then based off that test, um, that practitioner recommended that I take um methylated um B vitamins, so B12 mm-hmm. and folate. I think I took like a folinic acid or something. And like, you know, I wouldn't say they were particular they were certainly weren't super high dose, but not particularly conservative either. Um, and I had such a severe reaction to them. Um, I had so much anxiety. I actually used to work at a shop at the time and I had to close the front door and go and sit in the back because I felt like I was having a full on panic attack. And that was just from one day of taking it. Um, and then I went and looked into it more. And as you do, when you're a student and very curious about these things. And then I was like, oh, I should have actually, or should have been recommended to have my homocysteine and histamine levels tested first. And also my B12 and folate, because just because I have this genetic SNP doesn't mean I necessarily have these issues, these deficiencies, or that I have issues with methylation, which is the whole premise behind, you know, these MTHFR SNPs. I came back, excellent B12, excellent folate a homocysteine of seven, which is like really, really good and um, a very normal level of histamine. I can't remember mm-hmm. my exact mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, so the outcome of taking that was that it meant I was like over-methylating all of a sudden mm-hmm. and exactly. I felt mm-hmm. really, I, I just can't even, it was like having an out-of-body experience. Like it was so horrible. And this is from B vitamins. like,
1: and And I think that, I mean, I love this example because that shows yeah. how much of a the therapeutic action they have in the body. Yeah. Either one or two ways, good or like I don't want to say good or bad, but positive yeah. or negative in terms of how our body is responding. And that's like once again, if you were, if we had another person, exactly the same as you, land with the same SNP in terms mm-hmm. of MTHFR, but had issues with B, um, B12, folate, they had high homocysteine, issues with histamine, and we put them on those supplements, mm-hmm. they probably would have had a really different response.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, that's where the individuality aspect comes in and just understanding as well that like just because you have these genetic SNPs doesn't mean that they're going to be an issue for you. Like everyone is really yes. different. And it's not, um, probably not super common now, but it definitely was for a period of time where someone got told by their practitioner five years ago or something that they had this MTHFR SNP and then they just took these methylated B vitamins like forever indefinitely, yes. because that's, I don't know, sometimes you're not sure if it's like a, a miscommunication or mm. what's actually transpired in that particular instant. Um, but, yeah, that's exactly what we've said. I guess that if your supplements are doing their job, hopefully you're not needing to take them forever. Um, and, like, MTHFR is a lot more than just taking methylated B vitamins is obviously the the chemical side of things and all that that comes into it. But yeah topic for another day. Um, yeah. So yeah, key. And I guess the irony just to wrap up is like, I can't help but think how much, um, you know, natural medicine or natural health kind of gets like poo pooed for not working properly and being like, which doctor or just basically like you're wasting your money on that kind of thing. Right. It doesn't work. Exactly but like it obviously does because we can obviously see very clearly well with our clients that it works, but when people are having negative reactions as well, there's clearly a very significant effect in the body. And so just because something's natural or just a nutrient doesn't mean that it can't have negative outcomes as well. Right. So we just need to be really careful Mm -hmm. with, with what we're doing in that sense.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's such an important point, and I think oh no, I won't make that. We'll we'll save that for another time. Okay. I was going to go into B twelve and our vegan vegetarians out oh, there, yes. and forms of B twelve, and yeah. Yes. But I think that's
0: one for another. Yeah, definitely. Maybe we can do one around vegan vegetarian at some point. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Amazing. So key things: don't self-prescribe, whether it's coming to us or going to someone else. Um, The other thing I would say just around that is like the importance of blood testing, like someone not can't, but you know, you nearly can't tell someone's nutrient deficiencies without doing testing for a lot of them. Like, obviously we can have suspicions when we look at someone's dietary intake and their symptoms as well. We might have certain Mm -hmm. suspicions as to what we're going to find there on a blood test, but um that's why it is so important to get that testing done because it is that confirmation on paper as to what's going on and then we can make more informed decisions around dosages and how long we expect it to take and all of that um so that's really important um being super discerning with your supplements as well like um you know these really generic like hormone support hormone balance or um the other one we spoke about was like that vital greens example. Oh, I just yeah. mentioned a brand name, but whoops. Um that I'll particular greens yeah, powders. Yeah, yeah. Greens, yeah. Powders. yeah <laughs> let's go with that one. They often have, you know, this really long list of ingredients and There's just no possible way that you're going to get therapeutic doses of any of those if the ingredient list is like really too long Mm -hmm. um, because you can only fit so much in. Um, And then, yeah, everyone's just so individual. Like one person might do really well on magnesium citrate. Another person really might not do well at all. Um, So, yeah, it's just it's a lot more complex, I guess, than just self-prescribing supplements. And, like, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that's, like, why we do a degree, right, to learn about all this stuff, right? It, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. We're, we're here to essentially to take the, the thinking process out or yeah. you know, in terms of the confusion, the overwhelm, because it is. I mean, the supplement space, as we know, is is growing at a rapid rate and there's yeah. so much out there, which is great in terms of what we have access to. And I would never say it's not, um, but I think it's, you know, we're here to do We just need to be discern. careful. Yeah. We just need to be careful and, and discerning, like you said. And, and once again, it's also too, you know, like we're spending money on these things. We want to know that we're getting something from them as for well. Sure. So,
0: yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, anything else that you wanted to add? No, I think we've, no. we've wrapped that up nicely amazing cool well um i'll talk to you soon thanks elaine thank you for listening to this episode of holistic health chats if you enjoyed this episode i would be so grateful if you could leave me a rating and review in itunes as this allows me to help more women just like you holistic health chats is not intended to replace medical advice so please consult with your practitioner before making any changes to your current health If you are ready to take your health to the next level and would like some personalized support, the next step is booking in for a complimentary health chat. Please head to selandouglascom forward slash book for more information.